Right, well, when we read our Bibles, uh, we see that for those people who made the decision to follow God's instruction, that um, he was always there to lead and guide those people, you know, in their lives. And um, I think uh, we can say the same is true for us here today. Um, we've been here at this camp now for a week and uh, God has been speaking to his people and all the people said. Just as we can read in the Bible times of people being guided and led by the Lord, uh, we during this week have also uh, been led and guided by the Lord and it's um, of course uh, um, special to have that in our lives and to see God leading us. So I'm sure you've, you know, you've heard many things during the talks and I'm sure um, Pastor Ben mentioned that uh, if you have questions, you would have seen, you would have heard the answers to those questions. Um, and uh, as a result, of course, we're uplifted, we're encouraged, and we're strengthened. And tomorrow is a great day as well where we can take this back with us to where we go. Um, now, I've been, of course, making notes during the camp. And um, I'd like to touch on a few of the, 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 the things that were mentioned by various speakers. I probably won't be able to mention who they were. But I'd like to start in, um, in Ecclesiastics chapter 11, if you'd like to turn there. Ecclesiastics chapter 11. Something, I think, which we uh, heard read right out of the beginning of the camp. So Ecclesiastics, did I say that right? No, probably not. <laughs> Ecclesiastes. That's better. And chapter 11. Okay, now this verse 9, which basically talks to young people, because it says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Now, for those who know this verse know it's a bit sarcastic um it says let your heart uh, let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth and walk in the ways of thine heart which of course can only be said in a way which is you know not really what it's talking about uh, in the sight of thine eyes but know thou that for all these things god will bring thee into judgment that's the serious part and then it comes this is the verse that actually got my attention here verse 10 therefore remove sorrow from thy heart uh, and put away evil from thy flesh for childhood and youth are vanity. I don't know who, when you look at this verse, I don't know who sort of thinks, well, uh, it's talking here about, you know, people, young people, how they live and, you know, what they do. But it's got this bit here in the middle. It says, therefore remove sorrow from thine heart. And I'm sort of wondering, you know, and it goes on to say, so put away evil from thy flesh. And I was sort of wondering, it doesn't really seem to be speaking about the same thing. You know, young people going out, doing all sorts of things, and then talking about removing sorrow from your heart. So I looked at this a little bit, um, and, I, and I, wanted to, I want to read you uh, just this verse 10, uh, a little bit in the Amplified Bible. Um, so this is now the Amplified Bible. It says, oops. Therefore, remove sorrow and anger from your heart and put away pain from your body. And when I got thinking about this, I thought, well, actually, it does make sense because the way people behave 
and the way they act and the things they do is really because of the state of their heart, and all people said. It's really because of what's on the inside. And if we can remove these things from within inside, we can erase them from our hearts. If we can purge them, that they're not in us anymore, then of course our behaviour and our acts will all be good. People in this world are full of these things, which is written here, full of sorrow, full of anger and full of pain. Now I want you to keep that in mind, that these things are actually connected. Young people who behave erratical and do smoking, drinking, drugs, the rest of it, you'll find inside of them they have one or all of these things. Pain, sorrow or anger. Young people of today are probably the most angriest uh, there ever been in, in England. It's a, it's a real plague. The youth of today in England is basically the generation is lost and it won't be able to get better the next generation. So I want you to keep that in mind and we go to a next scripture. Can we say amen to that? Amen? Okay, makes sense? All right. Let's, um, uh, let's go to another scripture, Hosea chapter 10. Hosea chapter 10. So what happened to us is that God settled our hearts. And with that, our actions changed. Actually, as we, we heard in the beginning of the camp, uh, God gave us a new heart. And these things were not included in that new heart. They, they were free um, from these, from these um, ailments, if you can call it that. So I want you to keep that in mind. Just go, we go to Hosea chapter 10, and I want to read verse 12. This was read out also during the camp. Like I said, I can't remember by who. But sow to, yourself, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. Brothers and sisters, if you want to give a title to the talk tonight, this is the title to the talk, Break Up Your Fallow Ground. Okay? For it is time, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Um, again, just a little uh, uh, bit from the Amplified Bible. This word follow, follow, if I can say that one correctly, ground, what it actually means is um, uncultivated ground or ground where nothing can grow. Now, I'd like to say to us tonight that if we have inside of our hearts uh, things like sorrow, anger, or pain, then we have ground, which is uh, what I would refer to as being follow, follow ground, follow ground, uncultivated ground, ground which needs to be broken up and reset. Now, I've been looking around here a little bit. In Holland, you've had um, a very dry spell. I was very surprised, actually. I've never seen Holland so dry in my life, and we've been coming here since... Uh, oh, how long has that been? 1991, I think. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but I, can't, I, can't, I could not not notice that when I walk out here onto this field here, um, everything is dry. There's only a few patches of green which I can see. And you know what those are? What the few patches of green are? Weeds. Right? And it got me thinking a little bit. 
Uh, we heard during the camp, uh, what was it? I can't remember exactly what the expression was, but people in the world, they learn how to survive. We in the Lord can learn how to live. And all the people said. Only, sorry to put it this way, only weeds will survive in this world. Right? People who, you know, learn the system, they, they learn how to lie, they learn how to cheat, they learn how to do all these things, they get to the top of this world. But they're only surviving, just like those weeds out in the field here. Everything else is dry. Other weeds must have some sort of mechanism which they can still suck, even in very dry times, what is necessary for them to still be alive. People in this world learn how to survive. They learn how to deal with their pain, or the manage, pain management, anger management. And in the Lord, the reason why we're so lucky is that actually we don't have to learn how to, ha- to manage these things. We can overcome them. And once we've overcome them, that ground, which nothing could really grow from, is broken up. And then from those things, many wonderful things can grow. I'll tell you a little story. Um, you know, we're always trying to find out how young people think. Um, you know, it's not so easy. Uh, a little bit easier than trying to find out how your wife thinks uh, or how women think. But we try to work out how young people think. And I was talking to a young person not so long ago. And he said to me, he said, well, how can I trust somebody, God, whose face I cannot see? Right? Obviously, he's picked that up from somewhere. It's not, I don't think it's really his own thoughts, but maybe the young people pass this around amongst each other. And I had a little think about this for a little while, and I said, actually, you can see the face of God if you want to. You look at your brothers and sisters. Your brothers and sisters is the face of God. And all the people said, not how he looks, because that's not important. How he is and who he is. You can actually see him and you can trust him. Um, so going along these lines, I want to talk a little bit about how to grow. And there's other things here. It's not just what I've mentioned here. I mean, it comes out in the Amplified Version, this sorrow, anger, and pain. But there's other things as well like jealousy. You know, um, any of these things. I, I know jealousy is sometimes uh, presented to us to be a good thing. But jealousy, the way people use it in the world, is a bad thing. And I can tell you one other thing as well. The reason why Facebook is so popular is because all what most people on Facebook want to do, all they want to do is just make you jealous of them. That's why it's so suited to the human nature. If you go on a holiday with your family or with your wife and you want other people to see how lovely time you're having on your holiday and you want to put it up on Facebook so people can be jealous of you. It's just suited to the nature of man. Even spiritual people sometimes can't work this one out. If you use Facebook, hallelujah, but I would say as spiritual people, we don't want to make others jealous of us. We just want to live our lives without having all the bad things inside of us and all people said. Okay, that's just an interesting point, if you find it interesting or not. Um, let's go to another, another scripture. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Pastor Paul mentioned the word, though he didn't talk about it. He used the word, camp is like a reset. And um, 
I really believe that's true. And I think many, many times in our walks in the Lord, we have to press the reset button. Um, at home, uh, we have a, um, a, a thing which heats up the, the hot water. A boiler. It's not a boiler because it actually the water flows through it. And a boiler sort of contains the water. Do you know what I mean? And for some reason, it um, overheats and then the light goes red. And um, when you're standing in the shower and the, it's on the other side of the wall and the light goes red, of course, it's not a very pleasant uh, experience. You have to get out and walk across, press the reset button, and it all works again. Fine. Uh, it's okay if you're in the bathroom upstairs, but we, have some, we had some guests sometimes in our house, and there's a bathroom downstairs as well, and we have to warn them beforehand. Um, if you have a shower downstairs and the hot water runs out, just start yelling and uh, press the reset button. <laughs> okay? And um, it doesn't happen with guests for some reason. It only happens with me. Um, <laughs> but I was just thinking that's a little bit like our walks in the Lord. I don't know. Sometimes we can get overheated. The light goes red. And there's this little reset button. And you press the reset button, go back to zero, and everything's fine again. And I think sometimes our camps are like that. Um, and we need, we need to have um, times like that. We just can't be... Sometimes we get set in our ways and we can't just allow that to be set. Breaking up fallow ground is difficult. If you tried to get a shovel and you tried to break up this ground on this field out here, you would have a very hard time. You'd probably go through a few shovels unless it's made from titanium or something like that. It's difficult. Once it's set, once it's hard, once it's dry, you need machinery probably to get somewhere. And we can, brothers and sisters, we can get like that a little bit with our walks in the Lord. Break up the fallow ground. Break up the ground which is not bringing fruit. Break up. Get rid of these things. Put them out of your heart. And then things will grow. Now, people talk about living, all right? We, 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 we see this and we've looked at this camp banner and we're saying sowing and reaping. And we, most of the time when we looked at this subject or this, this theme, we've been talking about, you know, revival, sowing the seeds of revival, sowing the, the word of God and seeing revival come from it. But I like to say that seeing, seeing our work grow and seeing the seeds being sown and more people coming to the Lord is first dependent upon what we're sowing inside, what we're sowing to ourselves. We also sow, not just out there, but also in here. And if we have this ground which we sow and, and, and it brings forth fruit, automatically we'll see people coming to the Lord. It's a result of what our ground is to start off with. Um, when do you live? When are you alive? All right? I'm not talking about having a pulse. I'm not talking about having a body temperature, you know, 36 or whatever it is. I'm talking about when are you actually living? Because that's what the theme was, abundant living. Now, young people, again, they will say, well, living is going and probably doing the things of the world. And when we're in that environment, when we're surrounding ourselves with excitement, that's when I'm living. But I'd like to say the world's got it completely wrong. No surprise, all the people said. When we learn from Jesus, we learn what living is. All right? And I've just said it. I've already told you what we just read. Living is when you have a day when you have in your heart no sorrow 
no pain and no anger. That's the time you live. That's when you are living, not just having a pulse. Right? And Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And the way he showed us was exactly this. He didn't have any of these things inside of him. All that he went through and all that happened to him, he went to the grave missing things like that from his heart. You know, and Pastor Renee, he gave the talk. I very much like that theme. Yeah, very clever. Wish I could think of themes like that too. Uh, you know, when I, I didn't, for my theme for my talk, he said, well, was it give, give, forgive? That was very good, all people said. That's it. Forgiving is when you are extra giving. All right? Now, if uh, uh, we'll go to this scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Monica, fertil hast du noch gemacht? Wie weg, mit? And all people said, Yeah, you're just following what the guy says up front, even if you don't know what he's saying. <laughs> I can put this here. No, I can't. <laughs> Are you a child of God? Of course, the answer is, of course. <laughs> okay. Been baptized, spirit-filled. We pray, we read our Bibles, we come to meetings. But I tell you what, I want to read this verse here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. But I say unto you, this is from Jesus, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Whoa. Wow, really? Okay. You probably got people, you're sitting here today, you probably have people that hate you. I've got people who hate me. I, I don't know why, but they do. I've got enemies. Of course, we all do, no matter what you do in life. You'll have people who hate you, you'll have people who, who, who you are enemies, you'll have people who uh, will despitefully use you. And the point I'm trying to get at here is that only those people can really do this who don't have these things in their hearts, who have purged themselves from anger, from sorrow, and from pain. Only a person with a pure heart can do this. When's the last time you prayed for your enemy? When's the last time that you tried to do good to them that do try to do bad for you? This is the point where it's not human effort anymore. This is the point where it's not our resources and our intelligence or our, 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 our efforts which really make us the children of God. This is the, the point where we become the children of God. And the next verse says this, the, the exact thing. Just read it. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Did you want to be a child of God? This proves that you are a child of God, that you've listened, you've learned from the master, you've learned from the great teacher, Jesus Christ, you've purged your heart. If you have any of the things inside of you, and you are a wonderful new creation to the Lord, if you're able to do this, this is what Jesus did. 
Give, give, forgive. Jesus on the cross was betrayed. Put up your hand if you've been betrayed. I've been betrayed. Not a very nice feeling. If you've got anger, pain or sorrow in your heart, you can't deal with it. When you've got the spirit of Christ inside of you, you get the victory. Jesus was on the cross after being betrayed. What would he say? Forgive them, Father, for they know that what they do. Give, give, forgive. This makes us children of God. This makes us different from the Catholics. This makes us different from, from the Anglicans. This makes us different from the Mormons and all the others. Because you know what? They can't do this. Religion is the worst for having wars. Go and study it. Religion has probably started more wars than anything else. Religion. Because religion is not about this. We as children of God have to be about... Okay, you get the point? Or do you want me to go on? I get the point. Okay. Pastor Peter's a quick thinker. Uh, Let's go to Proverbs chapter 16. This is why we have life. This is why our, from our ground, things grow from our hearts, from our lives. This is the difference between us and people of the world. A very special way to live. Now, just this one verse here, um, verse 7. So Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 7. I like this one. It says, when a man's ways please please the Lord. Sorry, I don't know if I gave you enough time to get there. So Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7. When a man's way please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Now, of course, if you haven't got you know, this turmoil inside, you haven't got this hate inside, you don't have jealousy inside, you don't have sorrow and pain inside, you're probably going to have a much peaceful life, much more peaceful life anyway, just naturally. And all the people said. Okay, so you're going to be blessed in that way because you just have more peace in your life. But beyond that, God says that he will also do things as well. And he said even your, he will make that even your enemies be at peace with you. Because in the end, people have to recognise who we are. And people have to recognise, even if it takes 25 years or 30 years, that we actually have got it right. And even those who bitterly uh, uh, oppose us and offend us and try to stop us, I'm pretty sure the time will come when they'll be at peace with us. Because the difference has to be clear if we are really the children of God and don't have these things inside of us. So... Keep this in mind. If your ways are pleasing the Lord, your enemy will become at peace with you. And we know there are some people who are unreasonable and they won't listen to logic, but there's only very few. Right? Most of your enemies will have to be at peace with you if your ways please the Lord. That's what we just read. Proverbs chapter 16, uh, verse 7. Let's, let's uh, go to a few more scriptures. Uh, I might try to finish up now. Uh, you might get an early mark if you're lucky. Uh, let's go to uh, Lamentations. Lamentations, also in the Old Testament. Lamentations. So sometimes life gets difficult, sometimes things get complicated. 
The devil's very good at twisting things around. But uh, it's these basic, simple principles which keep us on track and, and keep us going. Uh, just realising these things, acknowledging them, and uh, just saying, breaking up this fallow ground and um, purging ourselves from things which are not useful to us. Um, oh, but I want to talk a little bit more about this resetting, maybe a little bit, just to finish off with. Um, you read here in chapter 3 and in verse 22, For it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, and all the people said. <laughs> okay? Um, because of his compassions faileth not, or fail not. Um, they are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. Is also a, a chorus that we sometimes sing. Now, I just wanted to say on this theme of, of being re- resetting, when I read this scripture and try to put it in the context of what I'm talking about, it says that the Lord is willing to press the reset button every morning. Okay, from, from his side, he's willing to get up, and press the reset, reset button with us. Okay, Christopher, let's just try again today and you. Let's just go back to zero, forget about what happened yesterday, let's just reset. Now, the reason why God can do that is because he knows how to forgive. Okay, uh, God himself uh, is, is very much uh, able uh, to forgive us, whatever we've done, whatever we do. Paul the Apostle, you know, uh, agreed to to some of the saints being killed. He came to the Lord, God forgave him. Um, the point I'm trying to make is you can only have a reset if you include forgiveness. And these verses we read before about love your enemies, do good to them that hurt you, I have to tell you, it's not just for people outside of the church. It's also for people inside of the church. Okay, it doesn't just apply to people who don't have the Holy Spirit. Some people don't understand that. We also have to forgive one another, all the people said. We have to also sometimes press the reset button with our brothers and sisters. And we have to say, okay, let's start again. Reset. And we'll only be able to do that if we have this good heart, perch from all these bad things and we're able to forgive and forget one another. Forget, you know, whatever it was. Not forget one another. That didn't sound right. <laughs> yes, it sounds the easy way. I'll tell you a quick little story. Um, a brother, well, we had a brother who was working for my company, actually, and he left the Lord. And, um, you know, he didn't come to the meeting on the Sunday. I knew there was problems. So I just asked him straight out on Monday. I said, look, are you still going to come to the fellowship? And he said, no. And um, it was one of those great occasions when actually the person didn't have a problem with the pastor himself. You know, normally I'm the one who, you know, I'm the reason why people don't come anymore. But it was great because it was another brother. (laughs) And I just really love it when it's somebody else for once. And uh, he said, you know, I've got a problem with his other brother, and blah, blah, blah. So actually, we still kept working for five, five or six years after this. We had a very good working relationship. Um, and uh, I took him, I said, well, let's have a coffee after work. And you know, I took him out. He thought I was going to fire him. He thought that's the reason why I took him for a coffee. I was his boss. He thought I was going to tell him to go away because he doesn't come to the fellowship anymore. And I said, well, that's not the way I work. I said, you know, I'm not going to fire you. But I tell you what, if you keep listening to people who talk bad about me, 
because they wanted to start their own fellowship. I said, you're going to come to work and you're going to bring it into work. The ladies in the office, you're going to tell them all these stories about me and I'm not going to have any respect with them and I won't be able to be their boss anymore. I said, that's my problem. And he said, not going to happen. And I said, well, okay. And you know what? It didn't happen. That's why we could still work for five or six years afterwards. But anyway, he told me sometime down the track, he said, I've learned to forgive that brother who he had this problem with. Right? And I was a bit slow. I said to myself, well, that's easy. You never see him. <laughs> you know? If you really forgave somebody, you should still be in their, in their presence, be able to sit down with them, have a coffee with them. You can't just say from miles away, I've forgiven you. Anyway, that was the story. End of story. Um, learn to live. Learn to be alive. Learn to have life. This is what uh, probably the message is. Let's go. We'll finish up. Let's go to, to, to Titus chapter uh, 3. Titus chapter 3. Also read out during the camp. How are you the light of the world when you can do this? How do you show other people the way when you can do this? Then you are living the dream. Because everybody in this world, apart from us, is going to go to the grave and they're still going to have bitter sorrow and pain in their hearts. That's how they're going to end up. The dream is to not end up that way. And praise the Lord, we have many great examples of people who've fallen asleep in the Lord and just like Jesus did, they just went happy. Because when you're in this state, you've got it all. When you don't have this, you've got nothing. You need to have this. It shows we are the children of God. It's the mark of our sonship, if there is such a word. Um, Stefan spoke about the green pasture. This is our green pasture. Okay, to have this in our lives. Um, Trevor spoke about those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. You see, I, can, I really do take notes, don't I? Because I have these names still. All right? And that's how we flourish. Everything else is going to get dry. We're not going to be these weeds, but we're going to be flourishing. More like these trees. Um, I probably, just one other thing I'll mention, Julius spoke about pride. And I suppose the only thing which will stop us from really resetting with our brothers and sisters is pride. And that's something also which we shouldn't have in our hearts. We have a great work and we want to push on but most of it will depend on us, ourselves, just getting these simple things right so we can move on, reset. Reset with your brothers and sisters. Let it be as what, how God acts or how God said that he, he, he deals with these things. Let it be new every morning. Okay? Especially if you're married. There is a, a very much worn-out reset button when you're married. You've got to still keep pressing it. Okay? You've got to use it many times, unless you're Pastor Pete. By the way, I just want to make something... I just want to make something clear. Uh, what Pastor Pete said about because he married Nettie, uh, there was no problems, that's true. But it wasn't because of Pastor Pete. Uh, just make sure you add that to have the full truth. Because the devil deals in half-truths. 
What I'm trying to say is... I'll just go. I could never... I could never imagine having an argument with Nettie. I can never imagine Nettie arguing. And that's what I think was the, the point. <laughs> Let's read the Bible. Uh, Titus. <laughs> Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Um, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, this is just talking just generally about us, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Talking about regeneration. And we've obviously come to the Lord, we've been born again, we've we've got a way to a new life, but sometimes even this new life needs to be renewed. I don't know if you can can see that. Because sometimes our ground becomes hard and, and, and it needs to be broken up again. Brothers and sisters, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a lovely thing. When you can surrender and when you can just let Lord, the Lord have his way, let him break up the hollow ground if it's there, press the reset button, you're just being renewed continuously. And it's not just enough to be renewed once. So we pick up things, we get, we get the wrong mindsets and we just have to let the Lord work on us. So I like, that's what I like this verse, talking about the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Do you think you have to renew the Holy Ghost? But we do. Camps are lovely for that. And meetings are good for that. It's all good. All people said? Hallelujah.